don't know, I am Miss Shana, your next-gen pastor, Tweedledee, and this is... And she's on mute, so. Can you hear me? Tweedle dumb. <laughs> Hello. Okay. There so we see go. There, I was saying, for those that didn't hear, I am Tweedle dumb because <laughs> I can't turn on my mic. <laughs> You're such a pair. <laughs> so it is an honor and a blessing to be with you guys this morning. We um, just are so glad to be with you online and here physically in the church. Um, so. <laughs> This year, I feel like the theme song for 2020 should be do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So we're in a bad episode of Twilight Zone. I mean, I know I'm aging myself. Some of you youngins don't even know what that is. But uh, yeah, it's been pretty crazy this year. But it hasn't been all bad. You know, I think when we first came into the quarantine in March, our lives got put on hold. Everything had been so busy and crazy, jumping from one activity to the other, and God just put it on pause. He put it on hold. And like Jesus in Luke 4, we got led into the wilderness, where everything that was consuming us was taken away, was stripped. So we're fasting, fasting from social media, fasting from um, all the extracurricular activities, fasting from just life. And we could, like for me, I could pause and I could spend time with my family. But then the hunger struck. And, you know, we're going to talk about Jesus' hunger and um, how Satan tempted him. But for me, I really didn't respond the best. You know, I was getting antsy. I just wanted to get things back to normal. And so then I started focusing on that, and I stopped listening to God. God was talking to me during that time, and I just wanted things to get back to the way they were. He was creating a new normal in me, and I didn't want to hear it. But good news, all these things that we're all experiencing, God speaking to us and us not listening, it's nothing new. And uh, today we're going to talk about that, because Jesus showed us how to listen and how to respond to God. Okay, so if you actually study the life of Christ, you will see that there are three characteristics that he has that gives him the ability to hear the voice of God. These are availability, he had a willingness, and he had humility. If you also look at other key biblical characters, they also share these attributes, the ones that hear the voice of God. But what I want you to notice is how Jesus responds to this. People do not live by bread alone. This actually comes from Deuteronomy um, 8.3, and we're going to turn to that now. But just to preface this, while you guys are getting there, um, this was actually a speech that Moses gave to the Israelites, reminding them of where they've come from, um, from the wilderness. That you know, God brought them to the wilderness and made them very hungry. So we pick up here in verse 3, where it says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you or your ancestors. He did it to teach you that, and this is where Jesus quotes, people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by the word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So, as you can see here, manna was something that nobody knew about. Nobody's mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, nobody had even heard of. 
But the thing about manna is, is that God just spoke it, and it was. You see, Jesus knew to wait for God to provide the manna, an answer that was beyond his human understanding. And he was allowing himself to be available for God to just speak it into being. So today, I know, as we've said, we're bombarded so much with instant gratification that it makes it very, extremely hard to wait on the Lord. I know that when, you know, something takes longer than two days to ship, I am very upset. (laughs) Most of you can probably relate. Um, Or if my groceries are not delivered to my front door, you know, in just a few, you know, within that same day, you know, really, um, I don't understand it. So um, now, you know, he... If you were to talk to him, he's probably going to think that you're the weird one. Um, But you know what? This is where God is looking at our hearts. Do we care more about what others think of us or what God thinks of us? And this is where Satan actually tempts Jesus in um, the next section of Luke 4. So let's look at that. It says, Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He said, I will give you... The glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So as you can see here, Jesus did not care about getting the glory of the kingdoms and and. Uh, everybody to love him and praise him. He only cared about serving God first. So have any of you ever known someone that just doesn't care about what others think? I'm not talking about the kind of person that's selfish, but more like a childlike innocence, you know, that's just completely unaware of social norms. Well, I'm sure we all know someone like that in our lives. (laughs) And I actually knew someone like that when I went to John Brown University. His name was Trampus. His nickname was actually T. Rampus because we just rooted for this guy. (laughs) He was a backwoods hillbilly. John Brown is in Arkansas, for those that don't know. (laughs) So, uh, but he had absolutely no social norms. Um, Just to give you an example, we had a gym there on on campus, and I would work out there quite often in the evenings, and they had it set up where the treadmills were just right in front of uh, the window where you could look out on the beautiful scenery. And I'm there enjoying my light jog, music in my ears, and I hear what sounds like somebody struggling for life breathing behind me. So I look behind, and there's Trampus. He is in long jeans, long baggy jeans, going about 90 miles an hour on a bike, (laughs) sweating bullets, bright red face, and he does this for a good 30 minutes. So much so that he's drawing people that are working out in the gym, just trampus, trampus, trampus. Um, It was a sight I've never seen before in a gym and still haven't to this day. (laughs) Another example I remember, I had one of the most dreaded college class that you'll ever have to take. And yes, usually you all have to take it if you go to college. (laughs) Western Civ. Yeah. And to a 20-year-old, that topic is even less appealing than it is, Mm -hmm. than I could handle today, probably. Um, But this was on on top of that. Our professor required that our test be all essay, 100% essay, no open book, no open notes. So it was killer. 
after we had the test, he posted up our grades outside the hall. We all went out there, and we're all looking like, oh, we all feel like we <laughs> failed it. And uh, Trampos is in this class with me. So as we're looking, you hear just the loudest profanity <laughs> ever. <laughs> Mind you, John Brown is a very conservative Christian college. And, you know, there's a little bit of gas, like, oh, did he really say that? And, you know, there was a little bit more grace for Trampus, just because, like I said, we all rooted for him. But, you know, I was kind of glad that somebody was actually able to express how I truly felt about this class. <laughs> but he was unaware that, you know, we're all around and where we're at and what the setting is, you know. Um, but you know what? The most memorable recall that I have of Trampus is actually the, my favorite. Um, it was one night, uh, Wednesday night, we met at Jesus in the House, which was a social club um, that was all student-run, student-led, but it was basically like having church on Wednesday nights. Worship to start with, led by a message, um, and then some prayer after. So we had an amazing worship leader. John Brown has a great music ministry, and a lot of uh, people go there for that. But I always just really looked forward to hearing him when he, when he worshiped, and just he really brought me into worship. Well, my job during this was to change out the overhead projector slides for the music. For those that don't know what an overhead projector is, also uh, Google microfish. <laughs> but um, so I'm sitting there straightening up the slide, and what I hear sounds like a cat in heat yelling out the words. And I look behind me, <laughs> you know it was? <laughs> Trampus. But it, it was the most beautiful sight I had ever seen. Because you know what? He was worshiping his Jesus with all his heart. And to this day, I've never been so moved by worship. I mean, his face said it all. See, Trampus didn't care that he was in tune to please those around him. He cared only that how much he was telling Jesus he loved him. And he was willing to do it in front of a crowd. Um, and didn't care about his performance. His performance was only for Jesus. Wow. That's the kind of willingness I want for my Jesus. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I love Trampus's unadulterated willingness just to worship the Lord. And it reminds me of a, a song we used to sing in um, Sunday school growing up as a little girl about knowing the ark. And some of you may know this, and some of you may not. <clears throat> but I'm going to sing it for you. Because I used to sing this at the top of my lungs in a Sunday school. And for those of you who've heard my singing voice, I'm sorry. <clears throat> it wasn't pretty. It was probably like Trampus, Cat in Heat. But that's okay. <laughs> so, uh, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine and, and give, give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Children of the Lord. Yes. Oh, I used to love that song. It was so catchy. I don't remember, like, the full lyrics. It's the whole story of Noah. But just those. And I was seeing that, I would just blurt it out. But then I started thinking about Noah. Like, our next topic for our pursuing God's voice is humility. And, I mean, who... There we go. <laughs> humility. Um, going back to Noah, like, he was so humble. Here's this 600-year-old man. God is found favor in him and has asked him or told him to build this huge boat. Now, I don't know about you, but if I saw my neighbor building a ginormous boat, 600-year-old man again, 
a huge boat and talking about floods that are going to encompass the earth, I would think he was crazy. And honestly, if, if God was telling me to build a boat, I would probably think I was crazy too. But Noah humbled himself to the Lord. And good thing, because him and his family were saved, right? The floods came just as God had foretold, and he was saved. But what's interesting to notice is that the minute that the earth dried and they got off the boat, Noah built an altar to the Lord. He gave God the glory. Sure, Noah did all the hard lifting, right, building the boat, but he gave God the glory because God saved him and his family, and they were able to to live and to reproduce, right? So what does that look like for us, right? Uh, we see this throughout Scripture, God calling us to be humble. We see it in, in Daniel. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to get understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. We see it in Luke, again, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Ooh and who humbles himself will be exalted. But we also see this in the life of Jesus. Jesus is a great example of humility while he is being tempted in the wilderness. Again, 40 days. He's hungry. He's tired. He is ready for this probably to be over. And he knows what's coming next. He knows he has a a ministry ahead of him and then the ultimate sacrifice. So here's the devil once again, trying the third time, three times a charm, right, to tempt Jesus. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem. Again, Jerusalem was like a religious hot spot. So this is going to be the place, right, to declare his glory. To the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. So here, you know, Satan has seen Jesus pull scripture, right, calling scripture out. And so he's going to play the same game. Okay, so I know scripture too. So the the angels won't let you hurt yourself. Jesus responded, again with scripture from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Ooh. Now Jesus had every opportunity to declare his glory right there on that that, uh, highest point and say that he he was the king. He could have surpassed his sacrifice that he knew was coming, But that wasn't God's will. And he knew that. And Satan knew it as well. So he humbled himself to the Father. In his flesh, he humbled himself to the Lord's will. Now in this book, uh, Surprised by the Voice of God by Jack Deere, he says this. He says, humble people know that neither physical strength, nor intelligence, nor luck is decisive. Instead, it is the the Lord who will determine the outcome. Jesus showed this in his example by not testing the Lord's will and timing. He could have altered it. He could have changed the whole grand design and declared himself Lord right there in front of thousands, but he didn't. God wants us to do the same, and it's perfectly displayed in Proverbs 3, 5. One of the verses I loved as a kid because it it was easy to memorize, right? So I'm sure a lot of you already know this by heart. Trust in the Lord, the Lord, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Sometimes we think we know what's best for us. 
don't. Remember, we're still children to God. So we need to trust in his understanding and not our own. So today, you may be struggling to hear the voice of God. Life is tough. Times are uncertain. Things are really crazy out there. But his voice is there. It may be softened because of the loud noise of the hustle and bustle of life, but he's there. Just pause. Take a breath. I assure you, he's speaking to you. Today you may be struggling to hear God's voice. Maybe you just need to make yourself available. Maybe instead of penciling God in, a quiet time here, quiet time there. You need to dedicate your day to God and pencil in everything else. Maybe he's already asked you to do something and you just haven't been willing. Say yes. Or maybe you need to seek the desires of God's heart, not your own. I encourage you this week to pursue the voice of God. 